Welcome to the BFA Life Podcast. Join us as we explore our school's global impact, get to know the families we serve, and catch a glimpse of God at work. Well, this is a day that I've looked forward to for at least a year and a half, maybe two years. We're restarting the podcast, and uh, it's going to be a great episode to restart the podcast, in my opinion. Um, Today we have our head of school, Phil Dow, in the room, and we're going to talk about this place that we love, Black Forest Academy, um, this place that we've all been called to, to serve, um, to empower God's kingdom, um, and to influence the next generation. So here at the beginning of this new season of the BFA Life podcast, um, I'd love to just reintroduce myself and introduce my new co-host, Elisa Johnson. Say hi, Elisa. Hey, everyone. I'm excited to join you guys. So um, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you'll recognize my voice. My name is Josh Crooks, and I'm an actually an alumnus of Black Forest Academy, the year of 2009. I came back to serve here in 2016 and have been here ever since. So this is year eight for me and my family, and um, we've had just a blast serving the Lord here at BFA. Um, so yeah, my MK upbringing uh, has really uh, helped in um, just my calling to come and serve and rub shoulders with these students. And uh, yeah, it just gets me up in the morning, and I love being here. So love that I get to have this conversation with you guys today. Elisa, how about you say a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I came to BFA in 2018. Uh, I came as an RA uh, representing the Maug dorm. Um, It has been such a blessing to be here. This is my sixth year. And um, similar to Josh, I grew up as an MK as well in Mexico. So definitely have a heart for these TCKs to know that they are loved and to be seen. So yeah, I was in the dorm for four years, loved, loved my time, and I'm excited to continue uh, to serve here in the communications department. And I, for one, am very thankful that you're here (laughs) in this department. Um, Elisa is our social media guru um, and also does a lot of other uh, relationship building with our alumni, and she just creates some amazing content. So thankful to have you here. Um, But... Mr. Dow, Dr. Dow, yes, Mr. <laughs> Phil Dow, um, thanks for being here with us today. Can you just kind of tell us a little bit about your background um, and how you were called to serve here at BFA? Yeah, well, first, Elisa, I didn't realize that you're an MK from Mexico. Oh, that's yeah. The, yeah, I, I should have known that. I didn't. That's, no, that's, that's amazing. Right. <laughs> so this, we're three MKs mm-hmm. here. That's that's great. Yeah, so my, my BFA story uh, is uh, long and winding, but I'll start at the very beginning. I was born as a missionary kid, like the two of you, uh, in Ethiopia in 1970. Uh, as I was saying, kind of off, not camera, but Mike, um, I was born right across the, the way from the Haile Selassie's um, palace, and the lions were roaring when I was born, or so says my family folklore. Wow. Um, and uh, my parents at the time were teaching a school called Good Shepherd School, which was a school for missionary kids as well in Ethiopia. Uh, we left Ethiopia fairly soon after that. My dad took a role with the Campus Crusade for Christ. Uh, we were in the UK for a while and then Kenya. And really the majority of my upbringing was, was in Kenya. I ended up going to Rift Valley Academy for my 10th, 11th, and 12th grade year. At that time, the school that I was at, Roslyn Academy, only went up to 9th grade. And so MKs at that point had a choice. Either they were going to go to the uh, international school in, in town or they would go to Rift Valley Academy. Mm. And for most of our families, ISK, International School of Kenya, was just 
way beyond what we could possibly afford. So almost all of us went to River Valley Academy for our 10th, 11th, and 12th grade years. It was kind of seen as something that we just did, um, but I didn't have really any idea of the impact that that experience yeah. would have on me. It was life transforming in a host of ways in terms of my faith, in terms of my, I wouldn't say academics, although I, <laughs> I grew to love <laughs> learning um, as, as an adult, but certainly in terms of my faith and my relationship with my parents and friendships, friendships that I have to this day that are continue to be close um, uh, band of brother type friendships. Um, in fact, I've just been in touch with a whole bunch of those guys in the last week as an example of this ongoing iron sharpens iron type of relationship that we developed mm-hmm. in boarding school that I think is is uh, hard to replace outside of a boarding context. So all to say boarding at RVA had a significant impact on my life. And that is an important part of my story of coming to BFA too. So I went back to the States uh, and did university actually in Canada and then some graduate school in the U.S. as well. Started teaching at a private school in Seattle. And uh, in the process, went out to visit my parents. Uh, this isn't a podcast about my, my meeting my <laughs> wife, but I'll, I'll share that too. <laughs> um, I, I went out to visit my parents uh, uh, one summer and they happened to have a barbecue and they happened to invite this uh, young English woman over for the this barbecue it's supposed to be this big party with lots of people and she was the only one who who came so it was a painfully obvious <laughs> example of my parents yeah. <laughs> it, was, it, was, wow. it was really embarrassing for, for me because i knew it was happening and i said just just don't make it look obvious and and, and it was so so i inter- i was introduced to my wife Catherine um in kenya She's working with uh, street kids in nairobi with a group called sim uh, uh serving in mission and uh, so that's, we met there, but I was uh, teaching back in the States. So ultimately I applied for a teaching job at Roslyn where I had gone to school before going to Rafale Academy. 2002, I came out to begin teaching there. Catherine and I were married in Kenya about mm. three months later. And then we were in Kenya for the next five years as I taught history at Roslyn Academy, which is also, I'm also an alumnus of. So that was a really neat experience for me to be a part of a school that had, had been a part of my upbringing. Uh, then we left um, to go to the England, to the England, not just mm-hmm. England, but the England. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we went, we went there for me to do some more graduate school, and I did a PhD in history. And then during that process, uh, Roslyn asked if I'd be willing to come back as their head of school, uh, which was not part of the plan, but uh, we considered it, and we really felt like this was what God wanted us to do. So we went back to Roslyn. This is around 2010-11 uh, when I took on that role as superintendent or head of school at Roslyn. And we were there for the next uh, 10, 11, 12 years um, until I heard about this role at BFA. Um, mm. Someone from BFA had reached out and said, hey, um, BFA is going to have head of school opening. Would you have any interest? And immediately, and I, I'll explain kind of my contacts with BFA prior to that immediately as soon as I heard that I I felt like this this is exactly what God is uh, wanting for our family and for for me Um, and I had I've never felt as clear a sense of God's calling as I did at that moment Um, I was concerned about my wife and children because we've been in Kenya for now (laughs) 10 12 years straight and for my daughters this is what they knew Kenya was what they knew. They had grown up there. One of them had been born there. The other had been moved back from England when she was three months old. So this was their life. And uh, but 
unbeknownst to me, God had been working in their lives in some pretty powerful ways so that when time came uh, for us to consider applying, it wasn't an easy conversation, but it was a conversation that they were ready for. Uh, in fact, in the, in the months prior, I had heard about the role. I had started to uh, get in contact with the board about possibility of, of coming here. Um, they were obviously doing a, a wide candidate search at the time, so it was just some initial conversations. But during that time, Catherine and I were praying about if this is God's will for us, then we want it to be our family being called and, and not just Phil going and the family kind of trailing along. And uh, during that time, both girls, Emma and Sophie, uh, independently and in random moments said, you know, if we were going to live anywhere else, um, it would be in Condren in Germany. Um, and that was just striking to me that out of the blue, <laughs> they would they would have mentioned Condren. Now, there's an important part of the story that I've skipped over, and that is um, I had been here at, in Condren at BFA for a couple conferences in, I think, 2014 and 2016. I'd written a book, and Tim Schumann, who was a former BFA head of school, is now um, uh, uh, vice president with ACSI for International Schools. And he had was organizing this conference, and he had come across this book, and he said, hey, would you be willing to come and share about this book? And so I had come to BFA to uh, to give a workshop or to speak on, on this book and the content of this book, and had just been so impressed by what I saw at BFA. Hmm. Um, the same sense of heart and mission that I had seen at RVA um, was, was present here. But there were things that were going on at BFA that just stood out to me as, as quite remarkable. And the global impact um, that BFA was having. Uh, RVA is very much of an Africa-centered school. That's, that's their purpose and mission is to serve missionary families in Africa. BFA's impact was not just in Europe, but through the Middle East, North Africa, Central, Central Asia, across literally globally. Um, and that was exciting to me. It's also exciting to me to see just the caliber of people that were at BFA. Um, they weren't just people who had a sense of calling and purpose, which is obviously critical for, for BFA, but they were highly competent um, people, just really skilled at what they did. So to me, I, I just looked at BFA um, and I saw a school that had an opportunity to have an impact not just on the students that they were interacting with or, or this their primary purpose of being is obviously to, to equip and inspire our students to impact their world or influence their world through biblical thought, character, and action. But I, I saw that, and then I also saw the global impact that we were having through the parents of these students and also BFA's opportunity to be a resource and a facilitator for global discussions among other international Christian schools. BFA's location meant that schools naturally could come and and uh, have conversations about how to do international Christian school well. So this, I'm beginning to kind of give the whole spiel here. But, <laughs> no, but we're really, here for it. <laughs> um, that, that was that combination of factors when the BFA opportunity came really combined to uh, convince me that this is something that I really needed to look into. And then God just confirmed that again and again and again through multiple um, stories uh, that I, I could tell that, that just made it very clear that this is this is what we were supposed to do next. And I have not regretted it for a second. In fact, I, I was just telling someone the other day, I can't imagine being anywhere else than being right here um, because it's just a, such a neat connect combination between uh, my sense of 
God's calling on my life, the giftings and history that that God has led me and my family through up to this point, and what BFA is about. It's just it's just a wonderful uh, combination of those things. And and when that happens, there's a sense of fulfillment and satisfaction that is hard to replicate um, elsewhere. So I've had some wonderful uh, job experiences in my life, and but 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 this brings it all together in a really rich way. Awesome. And this is your second year here on campus, correct? It is. That's right. Awesome. So this episode is really supposed to be kind of that past, present, future as we relaunch this podcast. Mm -hmm. And you touched on so many awesome points as to our past, like our mission and vision, why we exist. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else you wanted to share about the kind of the core of who we are that shows that past? Yeah, I mean, I could... One other thing that I've loved about BFA is start is learning the history of the school. RVA similar has a similarly has a really rich history. Um, BFA started in 1956, so many people listening to this will be very familiar with BFA's story. Started as a one-room schoolhouse essentially in Basel, Switzerland. Six kids um, in an apartment in Basel that was coming out of the Jans work of the Jans team. There's actually a book that I should plug too called Saving Germany mm-hmm. by uh, our current board chair who is actually a colleague of mine in graduate school in England. <laughs> wow. um, so we, and that was another interesting connection uh, that, that I, at that time, he was, I think, uh, just leaving the board of BFA and I had no significant involvement with BFA at all other than awareness of it, but that was a neat, neat connection too. Anyways, there's a really great book on the story of not just the Jans team, but Billy Graham Association and a whole host of different evangelical mission groups that were involved in ministry in post-war Germany and the significant impact that they had. So BFA really came out of, it wasn't the purpose, BFA was not the original intent. The original intent was uh, mission to Europe and to Germany in particular. Um, actually, more than just Germany, but but Germany was a, a focal point. Um, and BFA grew out of that. And now BFA has an opportunity through its mission to not just impact Germany, but impact the rest of the world. So that was 1956 when the school started in Basel. Um, 1970-ish is when it uh, moved into Germany, um, originally Lorac and then Condorn a few years later. Uh, and then boarding didn't actually begin until 1970, I believe. So so BFA now is, is, a, is a significant leader in missionary boarding schools. Well, it didn't actually start off that way, but that is what it's developed into. And that is a real hallmark of the school today. So, yeah, there's a whole host of, of really cool stories um, that I'm sure you're going to want to get to in, in this podcast at some mm-hmm. point. But, yeah. I think what's really cool is, Phil, as you're telling us your calling, your passion for this vision mission. Um, and, yeah, just how the Lord brought you here. As amazing as it is to sit here and see our head of school be not not want to be anywhere else but in this time, mm-hmm. in this place. Um, that's a common story among all of our staff mm-hmm. as the Lord continues to bring people here um, to serve. And um, as a former student, hearing time and time again and the Lord continuing to remind me that he brings the staff here, that they are called to be here, The like you said, the caliber of people that come and the commitment and dedication that they have is something really special. Um, and so it's really, it's been amazing over the past eight years to work alongside others who aren't just here for the paycheck. They're here 
believing in what God is doing through this place. Um, and it's great to remind ourselves of the breadth and depth of impact that we mm-hmm. get to have. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you for reminding us of that. Mm-hmm. Where, So uh, we've heard about your past. Mm-hmm. We've heard um, a brief synopsis of kind of where BFA started and our roots. Um, tell us, you know, you've been in the role now for over a year. Tell us kind of like the state of the state of BFA. Yeah. Um, and then we'll kind of go into what the vision is for the future in a little bit. But tell us how we're doing. Yeah. Well, so I'll start off maybe just some demographics, kind of BFA by the numbers right now. Um, so BFA, middle school and high school, has just under 300 students. Um, mm-hmm. in, if you include CSK, which is our, our bilingual uh, partnership with a local Christian school here too. So, um, so just under 300 students. Our families are based in about 60 different countries, almost 60 different countries across Europe, Middle East, North Africa, Central Asia, and actually into the Far East and Latin America, actually. So every continent, inclu- except for Antarctica, we have, <laughs> we have uh, literally every continent, with yeah. the exception of Antarctica, um, BFA parents are working and active in. So that's really cool. Um, so that's, uh, in terms of citizenship, we continue to be largely North American uh, in terms of our, our students. I think it's about 70% would be American or Canadian. Mm-hmm. Uh, Koreans make up a significant portion of our population now too, and that's exciting, and that mm-hmm. we hope will continue to grow because as many of you know, the um, the Korean missionary movement is per capita the largest, most yeah. uh, um, effective missionary uh, movement in the world. Um, so that's that's really neat. We have an Asian care program that's really mm-hmm. rooted in supporting those MKs, and then we want to see that grow. Um, our our lead guidance counselor is Korean, so it, that's a really neat part of our story mm-hmm. too. So North American students primarily, with with a large number of Korean, about fifteen percent, I think, around around the area. But then we have another um, of the additional, I guess, it would be fifteen percent. We have people from an additional almost 30 different nationalities included. Mm. So BFA is becoming more and more international. And that's a representation, I think, or representative of um, all nations going to all nations. It's, mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. A, it's a change in what the Great Commission looks like in our generation. And that's really neat. And that will actually, you know, kind of jumping ahead a little bit, that will be one of the exciting challenges that BFA will have is making sure that we're affordable yeah. to students who are coming from um, developing world mm-hmm. uh, countries as opposed mm-hmm. to the U.S., Canada, or, or Europe, or even Korea, which obviously is a, is a very, um, has a thriving economy today. So, so that, that will be a, you know, if we have MKs from, from Brazil or from wherever it may be, um, South Africa, Kenya, whatever, we, we want to be able to serve those mm-hmm. families too. And we, we're seeing that in a small way now, but we hope that that will be something that we can continue to, to see expand. Um, as all nations go to all nations. Yeah, very cool. And like you've talked about, our boarding program is such a key part of our school. Where is that at right now? Yeah, so right now uh, we have about, not about, we have exactly uh, 112 (laughs) students in the boarding program. So it's roughly half of our high school student body, a little over half of our student body. Um, We are in the process of, God willing, purchasing a, a new dormitory that will replace two uh, old 
beloved dorms that are mm. part of BFA's mm. history. And that's a whole other story <laughs> that mm. we can get into later. But God willing, we're going to be able to uh, purchase an, an additional dorm. Um, that's going to be a challenge for us, but it's super important for BFA's future. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and with that, we're going to be able to add an additional 20 spots for um, other uh, kids to come to BFA. So we see our boarding program growing, not actually shrinking, not massively, but but in a significant way. And that's going to allow us to serve more families, which is something that we've been uh, concerned about. Uh, mm. We know that there are families that would like to be at BFA that, that can't either because um, lack of space or um, because of, uh, of cost. So th- mm. those are two things that are really uh, important for us. Um, BFA's program is remarkable in that every dorm is going to have at least four adults whose full-time purpose is to pour into the lives of the kids in that dorm. Mm -hmm. So you have two dorm parents, um, and then you'll have a minimum of two RAs in each dorm. Mm -hmm. Um, But one thing I've been so impressed by at BFA is just the the level of time and energy and personnel we pour into um, our boarding students. Uh, We just did a a survey of our alumni um, at the end of last year, and one thing that we hadn't actually planned to look at, but but I looked at just at the beginning of this year, is the experience of our day students at BFA versus the experience of our boarding students at BFA. And the assumption would be that, um, well, you know, boarding is you're you're away from your parents for you know a decent part of the year, um, and so it's going to be it's going to be challenging, and it's going to be a good experience hopefully, um, but but it's certainly not going to be as as good as if you were with your parents. Um, and, uh, and so from my own experience, I had seen actually the, the flip of that narrative. You know, what you would assume to be the case was actually the opposite for, for me. And I wondered if that was, would be the case for our students here at BFA. So we went ahead and, and um, separated the two groups and just looked at, at the numbers and, and at the responses of our alumni who have been day students and boarding students. And both, I'm grateful um, to see both our day students and boarding students have had a really good experience. Now, mm-hmm. that's obviously BFA isn't a perfect school, and it's not going to be perfect for every single one of our students. Um, that that is a reality for, for any school, regardless. Um, but we we're thrilled to see how um, positive the experience had been across the board. But then, when we separated the two, our boarding students actually had an even better experience than our day students, both in terms of the impact spiritually on them um, and the impact academically, but overall experience too. So we asked them questions like, you know, um, BFA had a significant role in my spiritual development and boarding students saw a higher, or we saw a higher response from our boarding students on that question than our day students, which was already very high. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a really neat thing that actually the narrative of, oh, boarding is not, is, is kind of a second best, um, was flipped in, in mm-hmm. our experience in our, among our mm-hmm. alumni. Again, the day student experience was, was very strong and very positive. And so, and for each family, that was probably the best thing for that family. So every family is going to make a decision that is, is right for their individual um, kids and, and for their family. And uh, so, but it was, it was neat to see. And I should add one other thing too. 
that those numbers increase this, the closer we get to the current day. So our boarding program has grown over time mm. um, as we've learned lessons um, from the past. And especially when you go back into the 70s and 80s, we were doing the best that we could. Um, but there's a lot of things that we didn't know or a lot of things that we were learning. A lot of, and especially when it comes to safeguarding and child safety, there's some, some pretty basic things that we just weren't on the radar in 1970 and 1980 um, that are really a critical part of our program now. So, and as we, as those things have improved, um, the experience has really improved too. So I think, yeah, I, I'm a product of BFA's boarding program. Um, I too had a great experience. Um, I would say that, you know, the, a common story among pastors, kids and MKs, missionary kids is that you kind of grow up believing certain things, you know, being being a Christian because that's what your parents' vocation mm-hmm. is. That's what your dad mm-hmm. or mom does. Mm-hmm. And um, it was here at BFA that I truly um, met the Lord for my myself, made my faith my own. Um, and I hear that time and time again as mm-hmm. students come and go from this place. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's that's a common story. Um, so yeah, I would I would definitely fall in that category of having a positive experience here at BFA. Um, let's, let's look ahead a little bit. So what are some, maybe some, uh, some stories that you know of that are already, um, displaying how this mission and vision of influence in the world, um, are playing out. And then let's have a little fun and think like, okay, 10 years from now, Phil, Mm -hmm. where's BFA at in 10 years? Um, but yeah. Statistics are great, but what are some some great uh, anecdotes that that you've picked up in your time here that you could share? Yeah, um, the anecdotes are many, and ironically, some of the anecdotes are ones that you can't share in a public forum, even in something like <laughs> a, a sure. podcast like this. So, so, so some of the neatest stories I hear are from families who are in creative access countries, mm-hmm. um, where you know they're they're doing um, ministry. Um, through a variety of creative means and the impact they're having is just incredible. And then, Mm -hmm. then they come, you know, for opening ceremony and I get to hear a bit about their stories. And I think this is exactly why we're here. Um, So, so yeah, um, I was, I was on, I went, had a chance to go on the, the Rome trip um, with the seniors last year. That was one of the first things that I did. And so I, I didn't know any of the students hardly at all at that point. They had seen my face. I had made a, the address of the opening ceremony perhaps mm-hmm. maybe i'd seen a couple of them but i really didn't know them so i sat down on the bus we're getting ready to, to head off to rome and that overnight trip um to florence and then then we go on to rome the next day it's a really really cool trip that they do um and and i so i sit next to some random senior <laughs> who didn't know that he was going to be sitting next to the head of school so I, i'm sure it was less than ideal for him <laughs> but but so so we're sitting there and i said oh where are you from and and he started telling me and 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 guy behind him said, "Oh, and I'm from such and such place." Both of them were from highly creative access countries. In fact, countries that that um, I was surprised, really surprised, um, that that um, we had parents living and working in. Um, and and then then uh, I said, "Oh," and they pointed back to some other friends further in the back of the bus. And and this person's from, and they started naming kind of all the stands in Central Asia. Mm-hmm. And basically, if I was to to list kind of 10, 15 countries, I'd say, wow, 
these are hard places um, for uh, Christian field workers to, to be in. Um, they went basically through that list <laughs> right there on the bus in my first, you know, mm. hour on the way down. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it just struck me like, this is the picture of BFA, what, what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We are investing in the future, the next generation of global Christian leaders here and now. And that Rome trip is an example of that. And we're, and while we're having this amazing educational experience, their parents are doing life transforming work in these countries that otherwise that they couldn't do um, if BFA didn't exist, at least not in the same way. Um, so that's that's kind of a, a vague anecdote, mm-hmm. <laughs> but but certainly that is a was a wonderful, inspiring picture for me right off the bat mm. um, at BFA. Um, it's always encouraging for us to um, when we get uh, parents writing in and just saying we're just so grateful for BFA because we couldn't do what we do without it. Um, the extent to which we do what we do well, it frees up the parents to really. Um, put their emotional and physical spiritual energy into into the work that they're doing um so obviously they don't forget about their kids they're engaged with their kids all the time here at bfa um but there's something that there's a release that happens because because we're doing what we do well again bfa is not perfect and we're always thinking about how can we grow how can we do better how can how can we do what we do with increasing not just effectiveness but excellence and heart and and uh um so that we're we're on a journey like like everyone else um but uh but that is deeply fulfilling and encouraging when we see the result of what of our doing what we do well mm-hmm. on the on the parents mm-hmm. yeah. did i even answer your question oh 10 years Oh, 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Give us a picture of what 10 years from now would look like. Yeah. So, so there's a, uh, I guess the boring first stab answer is we'll be doing what we're doing now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Amen. But we'll be doing what we're doing now with 10 years of experience and effort to always constantly improve and grow. So that, that would, that's the, and God willing, we'll be doing it for even more students um, at BFA. So it may not be astronomical growth, but, but we, we see there's a desire to, to serve as many families as we can um, at BFA. So that, that's the, the simple kind of straightforward answer is we're doing what we're doing now, but even better <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and for more people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for a long time, BFA has had part of its end statement is to be a resource for transformative Christian education globally. So, um, and that could come across as, oh, BFA thinks that they will be kind of the gold standard for all other schools. And that's not really the intention of that, of that goal. It's, it's to be a facilitator of the development of international Christian education across the world. And BFA is strategically located in Europe where we, um, we can be a hub for those discussions. We may not be the gold standard in such and such area, but we are having conversations with, with other schools that are. And we may be particularly um, advanced in one area and we can be a, a, a resource for those schools who are developing a program, let's say a boarding program or whatever it may be. So. BFA has always seen as part of its mission as being a resource or a facilitator of global conversations among international Christian schools so that as a group, we can continue to do what we do with uh, ever-increasing excellence um, so that we can influ- influence, impact the next generation for Christ and the Great Commission. So 
um, so that is part of our vision for the next 10 years too, is, is, is expanding our reach by facilitating those conversations um, with, with other international Christian schools, not just in Europe, but throughout the Middle East, Africa, um, uh, Central Asia, and so on. I love that. The Great Commission doesn't change, right? And so uh, our mission and vision also doesn't change. And it's exciting to see that it's something that will continue and that the Lord continues to bless. Um, it's an honor to, to be a part of it for sure. I know we've been talking for about a half an hour, but a brief uh, summary of just your life and how God has called you here and a summary of, of BFA and where we are and where we're going. What would you say if somebody is listening right now who is thinking about um, BFA as an option for their family, for their children, or somebody that has learned about BFA and is wondering, should I um, serve? Am I being called to serve at BFA? Um, or somebody that you know has the means that they just want to participate and they want to uh, help our school financially, like whatever. However, the people want to partner with us. Um, if you're listening, um, Phil, what would you say about about that and just about um, this ministry and this call that God has placed on all our, our lives? I would say God has used this school in amazing ways over the last almost 70 years now. And we see daily examples of God using BFA today. Um, and to be a part of what God is doing around the world and in the lives of our students here uh, is deeply fulfilling and um, meaningful. And so if God is in any way nudging you towards engagement with BFA, listen to that nudge and see see where God leads. Uh, because there are opportunities here for you to have kingdom influence in a way that far exceeds your expectations probably at this point um and that that i just i just see opportunities here to serve and to see bfa's mission flourish not bfa's mission god's mission through bfa flourish Mm -hmm. um and uh, so listen to that leading because this is a uniquely influential institution um and it's a privilege for us to be a part of it Mm I've, I, for one, have uh, just been so blessed by this conversation, by you coming and just sharing with us. Um, so thank you. We're really, really happy to have um, you as our head of school called by God to be here. Um, and we're just excited for what God has in store for this school and for all of us as we just continue to journey with him. Yes. We're excited to be here, too, <laughs> and, and just seeing... Uh, how God is using each one of us in our own individual roles to, to be a part of what he's doing through the school. So yeah, thank you for having me on this. This has been fun. Well, first podcast in the books. It was only right that Dr. Phil Dow was our first guest back. Uh, so good to hear from him and knowing just being under his leadership this past little over a year has been a blessing personally to me. Mm-hmm. And also just hearing how all three of us, our MKs, have lived overseas and seen how the Lord is at work in the global missions movement. It just gets me excited. Like as students are literally walking the halls right now, mm-hmm. like the Lord loves them just as much as he loves us and has a plan and a purpose for them. And so, yes, it's fun to think big and the mission vision and love all that. But it's so cool too, that we, you and I get to watch what he's doing here on campus every day and in the work that he's doing in these yeah. students' lives. So what kinds of things do we have planned for the podcast? 
Oh my goodness, so many fun things. We hope to give you guys just some insight into our families. Again, the only reason we're here is because of what the Lord is doing in these families and their respective countries. And so getting to hear more about that will be great. We can't wait to invite you into everyday life here, the spiritual theme for the year, things like that. Uh, Dorm life, you know, nitty gritty. And then also big picture what God's doing. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Thank you for listening. This podcast is made possible by the generous supporters all around the world who enable each staff member to serve here. If you want to learn more, please visit our website at bfacademy.de or follow along on Instagram and Facebook at Black Forest Academy. You can find links in the description of this episode. The BFA Life Podcast is brought to you by BFA Communications and the music is provided by Emma Worthy, Class of 2020. We hope that through this podcast, you've received a glimpse into what God is doing through our families, staff, and students as they influence their world for Christ.